It's, it's been a crazy holiday season. Uh, I got to say, I, I'm thankful for all the positivity that's come through from everyone, all the support. Uh, I got to say, like, dude, just everybody that's that's making the time to comment and interact with the goings on and conversations that we see in the world together. I appreciate that, especially for all the things that we see on social media every day that can be a bit of a doom scroll. I'm glad we're facing it together. So we're going to dig into a little bit about Maui today. And uh, hopefully it's it's not too doom and gloom. But you know what I have to say? We're, we're, we're going to lead with talking about fighting the good fight. Um, it, it seems that the Wailuku Council seat uh, in the midterm election was extremely close. And we're t- super close. All right. So uh, and it may or may not go to a special election. And so I think even if it doesn't, we need to know what special elections are all about. So, you know, uh, hoping to to be able to bring some of the key players into this and talk about it more. But from what it is, Noelania here uh, is asking the Hawaii Supreme Court to intervene on the results of the midterm election for the Wailuku Council seat. Uh, there was only a 1% difference in the resulting winner. That was 513 votes. And there were 812 uncured ballots. Now, you know, some of you have been asking, what's an uncured ballot, or doesn't this mean that their vote just doesn't count? And it's like, guys, you know, for a group of people who are so worried about the integrity of an election, I, I would think that you would be kind enough to understand that there's more than just what happens on the day. And I think that there's a lot of ignorance about our election process and thinking that, like, oh, it only happens on one day. So, um, one, I'm going to bring it to attention. We, we can't do it on one day. Okay, try to count to a million and tell me how long that takes. All right, now imagine having to do that to 428 million if everybody showed up to vote. Now, even though that like half the country shows up to vote, and not the whole number, but still 200 million. Can you count to 200 million in one day? I didn't think so. So there is a process to verify this election that requires time. You, ca- you use machines to help you count it. You check the machine's errors to go back and hand count it. Some types of things, just because machine feed errors, et cetera, they'll all just get hand counted. But there is a, 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 a machine of people. Of, of resources and assets that has gotten this down into some cases a couple days to up to a two-week process. And per the size of your voting neighborhood, you should be aware of that. So, you know, I say in the, in the instance of Hawaii at large, you know, a well-tuned election should take us about a week, okay, on the after, on the counting and everything. In the case of Maui, Really, because our turnout, it should be kind of, you know, reflecting on what our turnaround time is. We don't have as many votes to count as the entire state or the country for that matter. So I would say that, you know, it really should be able to see itself in four days, you know, which I mean, I got to say, getting that count, that final count out like just the next morning. That's poof. But verifying an election, just because it says who wins, wins, it doesn't mean that they did, because then we have, like, uncured ballots. And so an uncured ballot 
is essentially when someone either forgets to write the date on it or doesn't sign it or maybe put something in there wrong or accidentally like envelope gets chunked up or even it might get get caught in a lost pile somewhere and then it shows up late but it's dated and postage stamped etc etc so there, there's a myriad of reasons as to why something could be uncured or uncounted and so we have 812 of these so personally i'd have to say from like if i, I was in a judicial seat to look at this there is enough error here to merit a special election so if all these ballots were cured, would it change anything? We, we don't know. But we do know that the margin of error is large enough that these votes should have been tallied, especially with the race as close as it was. Uh, I'd say the biggest fail here was the notification system. There, there are 30 voters filing claim with Nolani and, and reports of voters who did not receive their ballot curing notification until it was too late. I mean, there's only so much time that you're allowed to get back to them to cure your ballot. So if they forget to tell you until it's too late, I mean, some people are saying like they didn't get it until like, you know, four days later, which only left them so many days. And then it's like, can you get over there or do you how do you handle this or is there a process or can I do this digitally or I don't understand how to do this digitally. So what office do I go to, et cetera, et cetera. So those things. Those take time, you know, and then it's even worse when some of these curing notifications don't show up until after the due date. So is there a conspiracy here? No. But what we do have is a low budget election system comprised of seasonal employees, volunteers and understaffed oversight and admin. There are cracks in the system. I'm not calling these bad cracks. These are small things that we slip through. I mean, I, I especially notice this with voter education. There is not enough to keep voters engaged with democracy. And, and without the additional infrastructure for a more urgent notification system, this could be a problem for future elections if we manage to get voter turnout up. You know, I mean, we had some, some great conversations about this with, with some of our candidates throughout the year. And I mean, it's it, there, there's a lot that that Maui's missing that it could have that would actually like help democracy. You know, Nick Alananda and I were talking about those those nice little books that you get in California that really give you the lowdown. Is there enough of that from Maui? Some people think not. And is there enough going out from the notification systems to tell people about it? And why? Why is there not enough? I mean. How do we prevent this with better apps, uh, more staff? Because the sad part is once once the ballot's in, it's a secured system that can only be touched by the election officials. And, and in this case, there's only two people who stand to win or lose from this. And one of them, I'm very sure, would like to stay the winner. So frankly, there's only one person who needs the outcome to be different. And that makes a mighty uphill battle for her, even if the race is as close as it is. Because... It's too close. I, I think the numbers may be in her favor talking to the Supreme Court. I, but if you are someone who voted for her or you were someone who didn't understand the curing process, I think that now is the time to speak up, especially on the fact that, like, I know these groups want to make sure that these votes were tallied. And, and, you know, they thought it was a great approach to go, hey, well, why don't you just let us count them? And it's like, you oh, that's a conflict of interest. But. It's right to have interest in this. 
So let's push aside that conflict factor and let's go to the Supreme Court. Let's ask them to make a decision, which I think it's per the numbers. This is real. This is way too close. And there's enough data here to say it could have ended differently. So, you know, whether they get to go count those votes or whether we go to a special election, you know, we'll find out. I'm aiming to know more about this as it develops, uh, looking to talk with Noelani uh, eventually and, you know, get the good word straight from the source of, of, of the person actually in the middle of the fight. So I keep seeing things in my Facebook feed about uh, local access through Molokai Ranch and how an international corporation has used its private ownership to monetize the land and its resources to benefit out-of-state-slash-country economies. And now, that in itself is a huge rabbit hole to go down, considering the new age of corporate colonization from the East encroaching on the West. But the problem here is local access to and through adjoined areas and connected resource systems. Now, the law is on the people's side in this case, but apathy from the state to enforce along with facing a multi-million dollar company that could care less to engage is what's allowing this to continue. I, myself, have no skin in this game, all right? I don't. I, I, don't, I don't know any of the key players. I would like to. Um, uncles and aunties, cousins, sisters, and brothers, if you're listening, any of you guys out there on the rock, and uh, you want to talk about this later, uh, I'd love it. Hit me up. But I am always willing to help other Hawaiians in need. There, are, there aren't many of us. We have to look out for each other. We family, all right? Our family is very small. In the cosmic, like, number system of the rest of the world, we, you know, we an endangered species. So we got to take care of that endangered species by looking out for each other. So first... I'd like to give an outsider's opinion on how to engage a group like this. And then then we're going to try and reach out to folks involved and see how we can use these tools and others to fight the good fight with them. So in facing a, you know, a, a you know, a mission, if you will, you know, it, or, or uh, you know, our Goliath, how, how do we as as David here? you know, fight Goliath. The question, how do you combat this? All right, how do you fight a big company with money to burn that's capable of taking this on for the long haul? You know, they can fight it head on if they want to. If they wanted to come back around and just like, let's just waste your time going to court and make the whole little neighborhood broke. You know, so I'm going to throw out the options of bureaucracy. I'm going to throw out the options of courts to solve this. All right, we're going to shift towards the unconventional protest all right and how do we effectively protest a corporation especially one with such assets the answer devalue the assets now if they have no reason to do business in hawaii then they have no reason to stay we do this by protesting at the airports so those taking flights to molokai can see them and be discouraged from using their services and i'm not saying to do this at the arrival terminal in molokai i'm saying this should be at the departing gates to molokai all right this way there's easier access for press bloggers and influencers to participate and cover the protests and then you'll also see all of those other tourists that actually are starting to understand our cause and they're learning conservation-based tourism 
that makes a big impression on them. And they'll help speak up, too. Because, you know, as it was seen from all the stuff with Mount Achaia, our biggest help came from allies and boosting the signal because since there's not a lot of us, it's hard to, one, like even when we are all together getting us to decide and mobilize, you know, there's still not enough to break that mainstream membrane and, and permeate the larger conversation of the world. All right? So we need to open up the ability for other people to join the conversation. So, you know, maybe a protest at OGG or a protest at, you know, uh, Honolulu, you know, that there at those airports, even even if they're like anywhere you can find a flight that goes out or a ferry that's going to carry a tourist, let's set up a day, let's get out there, let's wave signs, and let's do it in a way that people are not scared or want to be combative about it, but in a way that makes them go, shit, I'm the asshole. All right, let's go find something else to do, <laughs> you know? So that way we we get to the customer base, then that's really like when you want to attack a corporation, you go, you go change the minds of their customers. All right. Step two, fill up their phone lines. Look, don't just call them to open the gate. I've seen, I've seen a lot of talk about like, yeah, you should just call them and open the gate. I like that idea, but that's just 15 seconds and you get hung up on immediately because all they're going to hear is beep, 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 beep. Yes. Molokai Ranch. You like what? Open the gate. Rah. Click. You know, so that that's all you're going to get. No, 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 no. What you want to do is tie up the line. All right. You're going to want to set up a phone bank using VoIP lines, which you can get for free to create out of state phone numbers. All right. Because if they see one 808 number, they're going to, uh, am I getting bothered again or someone late for work? No. You, you want, you want like New York phone number or something. So they think that you're some, hoity-toity, uh, you know, leaving your brownstone uh, for a week uh, on vacation with uh, wife number three, all right? So you get volunteers capable of changing their voice to follow a loose script. We got plenty of artists who can't get booked on movies right now, and they also like to fight the good fight. So you should probably hit them up, you know, feed them. They'd have a heyday out of it. Find a few comedians who are willing to play this game. If, if we can start up one of these, I will gladly show you how it's done, all right? So then... You want to make the target think that they're making a sale. All right? You keep them. You talk story. You get Portuguese. Just be like, yeah, I'm interested in maybe go hunting. And I coming from the Philippines. And I just think that maybe it would be a great vacation. And you just you just go on and on. Maybe even get them to put you on hold so that way another guy could get in. So then that way you could tie up the hold lines. Now, if you repeat this daily with teams of more than like 10 people in 30 different numbers, you've now made their ability to do business by phone impossible. Okay? That it's as simple as that. Like it's resource. You take their phone is an asset for booking. Cut off that asset right at the knees. All right? Step 3. You need to bombard their booking emails with fake inquiries. Okay? Same as the phone lines. You need to overwhelm their web system with requests. Make a boilerplate email with response systems and begin by sending at least five emails a day to gauge response times. All right, have your team make new email accounts for every new set of messages and then increase the pressure by doubling the request amount each day until the reply system takes more than a week to get a response back, at which point you continue at that rate of messaging until they're overwhelmed. Okay, this is like the same thing that they do in a police sting looking for like predators and pedophiles. All right. 
So treat them the same way. They're a predator on our land. So how do you get them from exploiting our land? You make them think they're making a sale online. So they've got a debt. How long does it take to reply to an email? Especially if like maybe one's a little misspelled or it's colloquially written in a way that they're like, oh, what's this guy saying? He can pay. Yeah, sure. Whatever. And you just put volunteers on. It's just their job to disrupt radically by answering an email <laughs> to be a customer. All right. Step four, leave bad reviews. Now, this is. This is a thing, okay? So I know you guys want to leave bad reviews, but there's there's a much more sophisticated way to doing this, all right? Now, we need to rally the community to visit every site that can leave a review, all right? But this this is this is the key part here. You don't want to leave just one-star reviews. You want to disrupt their average. Target their average review number and then cut that in half to bring the median down faster. Now you don't want to necessarily leave reviews of protest. You need to leave reviews that look like disappointed customers because this will lead them to having to dedicate customer service hours to verifying the integrity of the review. And then when they're way too busy dealing with legitimate-looking reviews, you introduce a wave of one-star reviews that are 50-50 disappointed customers and then protest statements. This way... They'll end up maxing their request for takedowns or reviews, and the bot systems and text report for those platforms will likely ignore them as they look like a hot mess with bigger problems than just protesters. If effectively done, you could cripple a business in a matter of months, and slowly, the asset will no longer have value to the large, heartless corporation. It will then lead to layoffs as they deem the operation useless, and then it will shutter its doors and try to recoup losses by selling. And as they try to sell it, that's when you drive home the press. That's when you bring the public discussion as far forward as you can to discourage someone from taking their place. And if we've been successful in having protests, we now have press attention by the time that the place says it's sold. And now what once was stolen by capitalism can be freed to the people. If you'd like to know more on how to create radical change through protests and cyber tactics, Hit me up in the DMs or in the comment section so we can continue this conversation with everyone and mobilizing. I'm, I'm hoping this message hits the right ears. And if they're interested, I'd like to get them on air to begin press coverage on the matter and to hold public support forums both in person and virtually to help our cousins on Molokai. Mahalo for listening today, guys. Um, I'll be back next time to talk story about the world. Until then, keep fighting and keep your spirits up. We've got this. Allah. <gasps>